Should we just start in? Yeah. Brahma? We're doing the unbelievably brief roundup remarks. I, feel, I personally feel like that sort of post-bar mitzvah feeling where you just have this vague sense that you want to walk around pinching everybody's cheeks and saying it was wonderful, but that's not going to do. And actually, Michael would, uh, is going to say something first, and then I'm going to think of something to say. Yeah, what I had in mind was saying was all wonderful, and uh, that, would be, that would be it. Um, just a couple of things. Uh, one... Uh, as, as people, lovers of, of writing, writers and people who love writing, people who love reading, uh, there are all kinds of joys <clears throat> to be found in language. One of the great joys uh, in language, or one of the, a joy that I'm particularly uh, kin to at this moment, is the joy of the present participle, uh, as in concluding remarks. Because you can be concluding without having reached a conclusion, or actually, actually doing any actual concluding. And the concluding can go on for some time. It can be short and can be long, but you don't actually have to conclude, and I won't. <clears throat> uh, many people have, uh, in this conference, have spoken, have told stories. They've said repeatedly, when, when confronted with a, with a question, they, they tell a story. Um, I, I think, on the whole, I, I think not in stories, but in, uh, principles for stories or narrative images or images that would be stories if you worked on them a bit. And so what I have in my mind f from this conference, starting with Sunday afternoon, are a series of traces, uh, images, which I'm just going to list for you in, uh, in the order of their appearance, but in no particular order of importance. Um, here are some images, starting with Grace Paley's reading on Sunday and bring us through. That They're just what are left in my mind. And you'll see then why any idea of concluding is entirely impossible. Fathers trying to tell daughters something before they die. Uh, a poet trying to tell us what's impossible to tell. Uh, another poet talking about what's unspeakable. Uh, unspeakable in the sense that is of horrible and unbelievable, but not unspeakable in the sense that you, he is at this moment speaking about it and it does need uh, speaking about. Uh, the equation between New York and Jewish. Uh, the, the notion that there is no free lunch at the Feast of Assimilation. Uh, my surprise here is I'm not surprised there's no free lunch at the Feast of Assimilation. I'm surprised there was any Feast of Assimilation taking place, so I'm not entirely sure there is such a thing, since in most parts of the world people are seeking, seeking to dissimilate and return to their ethnic identities with a furious ease. So the very idea that assimilation might be a problem strikes me as an extraordinarily uh, special uh, case. Um, another version of parents, uh, the, the, the primal scene between mother and son, uh, the son killing the mother. The library of books uh, that are read by characters in novels. Uh, the accent, a foreign accent, a so-called foreign accent retained by the body when the mind wishes it could move on and have an accent of another place. Uh, the oi oi yo-yo that Jeff Chandler spoke to us about. Uh, Shostakovich and Babi Yar, uh, Sheba and Solomon. Uh, comic uh, Jewish doctors, a, uh, a Catholic priest who turned out at, uh, at, uh, after some length and much disguise to turn out to be Jewish, uh, 
Jewish writers and their relation to power. Uh, it seems to be, it would turn out to be a curiously ambiguous and conflicted relation to power. Um, wanting to be and succeeding to be two things at once, or perhaps more than two things at once. Uh, the answer given to Primo Levi in the camp about why this is happening, he is kein warum. There is no why here. Um, children who are orphans who have no parents and who only know one thing really well, uh, their parents. Uh, the planet Minsk that we just heard about, uh, the relation of words to pictures, uh, the sort of dance between words and pictures, and yet again uh, these stories about parents, children and parents and orphans. And finally, uh, just a sort of a, a little flip or a sort of puzzle. I think I thought at the beginning of this conference, and in, even when we were planning this conference, as I imagine many people thought that uh, of the two words on either side of the hyphen, Jewish and American, uh, the Jewish was the questionable term. This was the term to be investigated that might cause difficulty. I think that has happened, actually. This has been the term that's been questioned, that's caused difficulty, that's made us think, and I, I feel uh, incomparably uh, better off in my understanding of the notion of Jewish than I did two days ago. But I feel less, uh, uh, it, even, I know even less what an American is. That is, it looked as if one might be wondering what a Jew was, but we knew what an American was. My sense at this moment is I know a little bit better what a Jew is, and I have no idea whatsoever what an American is. Uh, well, I think I would uh, just uh, sort of say the same thing in a slightly different way as one does always reflecting one's own preoccupations, which is uh, what has startled me if you sort of look at the whole event, and it has been uh, uh, so uh, rich from the very beginning, both satisfy in both terms of uh, content and performance, I think, uh, but is the way that so many of the terms uh, in which we think about Jewish American experience, whatever that means, uh, have been reconstituted in the program, the humor, the narratives, the intense uh, intellectual uh, uh, word obsessions, the you know the scholarly, the playful, you know. So in a way, it has. I mean, this is obviously the point of this, but but it has sort of successfully, um, if not say answered the question to which you were. Uh, making reference, it certainly reconstitutes the terms of those things in a way that sort of displays it, you know, for the people who have been here uh, since the very beginning. And I also am struck, and we were sort of talking about this a little bit uh, when the mics weren't hot. That's this new term that I've learned, and it's very interesting. Uh, uh, that there have been this sort of movement, I think, uh, from these kind of solid you know, if there is confusion about what it means to be either Jewish or American or both, uh, which is a good thing, um, what I have enjoyed is a sort of oscillation, say, between these sort of iconic um, figures and discussion of them and then these kind of, uh, you know, rapids of confused and sort of tumultuous Discussion so that you have. I was interested that, for example, you have Bello and Roth, right? We started with Roth and these really three solid, fabulous papers about that. And then, say, the Holocaust panel, which is so emotional and is sort of grappling with the meaning of this uh, in our own thinking about our own uh, 
sort of identities in relation to the event as people who come after the event. Uh, and so that the, this sort of movement between what we know about a, a, as being us and the confused and uh, vivid and struggling attempt to find out what other things are about that are sort of part of us is itself another reconstitution of our experience, you know, of the experience uh, of being an American Jew, which is oscillating between the solid past that you know about and the sort of the present and the future that you're trying to sort of define, you know, at the, the concluding that never uh, ends. And, and I thought, uh, for me, that that was the most um, uh, sort of compelling part of this, uh, this event. Uh, and, uh, and I think you're all wonderful. So, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you say to me? I, I was um, interviewed by the forward uh, during the first time, so I'm not just calling. Uh, but they said that. And they asked a very, the reporter asked a very probing Well, I, I, as you spoke, I, something occurred to me that had actually occurred to me before, and it completely went out of my mind, which is the big thing that one would think would be an important part of this experience is the popular song of the 20th century. I think that you could have a, I mean, you could have a whole conference just on that, but I mean, as a kind of a, uh, in terms of everything that we've been talking about, particularly assimilation in both senses of that, the way that America assimilates Jewishness and also the other way around, I would think that the, the, the popular song is a huge 
thing that would be needed to be included because it is the vehicle for so many of these energies, uh, you know, that we've been talking about. But that, well, I mean, I think also the, the, the sort of privileging of the novel, you know, this itself and the objection that was raised uh, this morning uh, to uh, uh, tomorrow's 16th talk is itself kind of interesting in the way that you yourself and the preconceptions you have about what the experience is and how it's expressed. You know, this was, and this is sort of an issue that came up in that panel, you know, that this was the sort of privileged form of the voice of a certain stratum, you know, of American Jewish self-expression. But that is also something that, as we know, you know, uh, has has shifted. So one is oneself sort of challenged because of the things that come up and that are pointed out. And, and you know, so what this means is that the conferences never conclude. Conferences are never concluding because it's always, what, you know, something that bubbles out that you forgot about. It's also true that when we, we, when we thought of many things, I mean, when Prober says there's an element of the random about this here, she's understating the matter by some considerable, uh, <laughs> some considerable amount. Uh, but the, uh, we did think of, of, we thought of Hollywood, we thought of popular songs, we thought of, of, of many areas, all these areas. But, and, I, but I, and I think the, these are terrific things to represent. But I do think there is a kind of um, not entirely positive but unmistakable history in the fact that the names of Bellow and Roth appear and that the novel was central. This is, you know, it, it, it's, not a que- it's not a question whether we like it or not or whether it should be so or not. It's simply the novel was the voice of serious thought about the world uh, for quite a long time. And although great poets were thinking about the world, nobody was reading them or listening to them, and it's not clear they're doing so even now. Uh, so, in, in fact, as, a, as something to actually note historically and actually cheer the fact that it's changing, it's, it seems a very good thing. But it is, it is the case, and it's a, the, as a symptom, if you like, rather than a rather than a forward-looking thing. That also was important, but it certainly shouldn't be an unchallenged symptom that we simply absorbed as if it was simply still the case, but it is an important thing. Uh, but just one, one last thing. Actually, I want to go back to something you said, uh, Daniel. This, this will be a, a, a genuine way of not concluding, I think. You said something this morning, Daniel, about refusing to call the, the hyphenated condition a problem, and you said it was a phenomenon. And I think it's certainly a phenomenon, and I think it, 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 we're absolutely right not to think of it as a problem. But it's more than a phenomenon. <laughs> it's something else. I mean, the, the, the thing the next conferences might think about will be what other names are there for this, for, for this hyphen that is something. I mean, the thing that I was thinking as we spoke, one way of thinking about this would be, for example, here is a history which is dedicated to broken things, to broken connections. How can you build continuities out of broken, out of broken history? How can you build a continuous tradition out of history whose essence is various kind of horrible uh, breakings? And, and if you abandon the breaking, you're not in the tradition. You've got a tradition you've forgotten about the breaking. There is a there is a deep, deep paradox here. But I also do feel you're you know, profoundly right, don't you, to resist the idea that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a it's a historical uh, lived condition and it needs to be thought about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anything that enhances our appreciation of the complexity and conflictedness of the way that human experience is actually configured, I think, is a good thing. So in that sense, the hyphen bit is something that I'm always, you know, for. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
It's very nice, too, that the collection represents that. I think when, when we first mm-hmm. thought about this collection, and you, uh, if you'd, three years ago you said the library is going to have a collection of Jewish-American writers, then people would think, oh, yeah, uh, Bella, Roth, <laughs> you know, Mela, and you think, well, surely they've got those books. We don't need to collect those. And it was with, with thinking about what would be in such a collection and where you would go that, in fact, precisely it seems to be a, a kind of, the, in a way, the, the collection has a very rich, uh, offers a very rich sense of, of a, a distinct cultural identity going back a long time and, and with many, many various things with strands of a multi, itself a multicultural uh, uh, identity and that is it's a very important important thing hmm. See, but this pre- I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead no, I was just thinking as you were talking about this, the, the, this sort of literature of fragmentation and brokenness, and, and, and then I, of course, immediately went back to my obsession with how do you define, say, Jewish writing, because I immediately thought of Zabald, you oh, know, oh, as, oh. as a preeminent author right now of this, this mm-hmm. irrecuperability of the brokenness and yet the attempts to sort of piece things together, and yet he's not Jewish, and, and in the next conference would you have you know, it's like Albert Camus in the yeah. gay writing yeah. thing. You know, would you put Zabald in? And I would think yes, because this is, an, you know, a growing body of work that is about this problem of, of the fragmentation and the disconnectedness and the attempt to sort of create a, a narrative that would somehow help you out with that. So it sort of poses another question, you know, a question within a question about how you would do the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much of this a lot of what we picked up here, which is how 
Shall we, Daniel, you have anything else to say? <laughs> well, I think we're running the risk of concluding if we don't actually pretend to conclude at this point. So thank you all very much for coming and thank you everyone for being here.